Welcome to the Round 6 Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion featuring a variety of automotive subjects, interviews, special guests, and stories, hosted by the Round 6 Gearheads, Brian Stupski, Alex Welsh, and Brad King. Here on episode 26, Brian, Brad, and Alex sit around and talk project cars, kit cars, and, well, chocolate diamonds. On Sunday, as a matter of fact. Dude, Alex, he hasn't he hasn't shown you the ship, but you gotta you gotta see what he put together. It's it's pretty badass. I can't wait. <laughs> I, I think that thing. Uh, not to pat myself on the back, I think that sucker's gonna gonna kill this year at the SEMA show. And oh, hey, I didn't see you come in. Uh, welcome to the Round Six Podcast. <laughs> 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 I just hey, realized man, the cord, guys. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm Brian. I'm uh, Brad. I'm Alex. And uh, yeah, we're just uh, we're sitting here shooting the crap, and uh, somebody accidentally fat fingered the record button, not mentioning names. Me. And um, glad, he did, glad he didn't do it ten minutes earlier. That would have been really bad. <laughs> we we would have gotten an Emmy out of that sucker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we we're we we're just talking uh, SEMA show stuff and sponsorships, and what a, what a weird convoluted mess that can be, and how that works out. It takes like a the whole world of self promotion, and uh, man, I was thinking, dude, you need some sponsorships to finish up that streamliner. Yeah, dude, I uh, <laughs> your silence uh, was deafening. Oh, it's just like, oh, like an explosion went off. It's like, yes, I so want to get this streamliner done. I'm so tired of talking about it and looking at it, and and uh, yeah, I got guys that. That want to help throw money at it, but I just need the time to get back on. I need to finish up this other thing that that you and I are working on, and and, uh, and get back on that. I'm excited to see more pictures of you sleeping in it. Oh man! Yeah, it looks very, very comfortable. It was very comfortable. I could I could sleep in that, no problem. You're a gimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're missing some leather. Mouth. <laughs> I gotta have my helmet painted like that. <laughs> They chain you into the car. <laughs> <laughs> they have a tether, a leash. I gotta have my helmet painted with the ball gag on it, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> See that up next on the salt, the gimp wagon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sponsor all the parents that, covering their kids' eyes. Don't look at him. The salto masochist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Alex was telling me he had a dream about it the other day which was a little <laughs> yeah work right now is really really uh, really stressful so I've been getting up at you know 1 o'clock in the morning 2 o'clock in the morning 3 o'clock in the morning and one of the times I woke up I was just trying to get myself back to sleep and I started thinking and for some reason I started thinking about your streamliner and I had a dream that it was done all painted, everything all done up really pretty and everything, and you got a sponsorship from a saw blade company. <laughs> I don't know where I came up with this. Saw blade company. And, and they said, well, Brad, we're willing to throw a ton of money at this thing, but here's what we want. 
and they wanted you to sand all the paint off the car and they wanted you to paint the car, make it look like a saw blade from a sawzall. <laughs> the, so the, salt, bottom, the salt blade. It's not a saw blade. It's that's a right. Salt. So the bottom of the car had to be serrated like a saw blade. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I mean, if you know, if a saw blade company wanted to sponsor you, hey, you give them what they want. What if you spelled it wrong? If you spelled it A S S A U L T blade? (laughs) No doubt. Yeah. Hey, Hmm. I kind of like it, but uh, that'd be a great awkward PR moment there. (laughs) When you unveil it, everybody gets quiet. (laughs) Whoops. I'm expecting applause. How great would it be if you got sponsored by like the Band-Aid Corporation and they were like, okay, we want this done in Band-Aid skin color number four. And you decide, you know, at some point in your, your, your last minute work, maybe you're just not doing so great. You left your glasses at home. They're not in the paint booth. And you decide you're going to paint on some kind of like blue lightning bolts. <laughs> Is it unveiling it? There's this flesh colored thing. <laughs> on a blue lightning bolt on it. The heck happened? To, what, what is this? What? Ah, uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> I suppose there are. That, that should be a whole other episode at some point. You know, worst possible sponsors for cars: the Johnsonville Sausage Streamliner. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, years ago when I think it was Mark Martin got. Uh, Mark Martin got uh, sponsored by Viagra in NASCAR, and everybody laughed until they start giving out free samples. And then that was like the coolest <laughs> car on the track. <laughs> well, the Yay, problem with the go. car, though, is, is it kept failing tech at the end of the races. Yeah, it was, it was, always, it was yeah. always three or four inches longer than when it started. Yeah, it didn't so. fit the template. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, give it up for the Enzite girls with the little Enzite cannons firing free samples into the crowd. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody fits out you the door. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, if it sells product, yeah, you got to hand it to them. I mean, that's, that's literally. How far away are we from, I mean, really at the days of like the SEMA show when there's like just full on like NASCAR style sponsoring going on? <laughs> the outstanding. Yeah. See a really nice car with a really nice paint job, just completely covered in sponsor logos, you know, <laughs> top to bottom. You interview the guy and he, and he just keeps rattling off every one of them as he's speaking. Can you imagine being the guy owning the car and having to say that all day long every time you speak to somebody? Uh, going through that list. Oh, wow. Same list. Over and so over and over. the same list. Change yeah. it up. Turn it into a wrap. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what rhymes with six piston? Nothing we can say on TV. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going back to last week's conversation yeah which we shall never talk about on the air um and and for you that were uh listening the the four of you that actually listened when we first started before you walked in on us um we were actually talking about a pretty cool thing at sema that that cannot be talked about now but it's gonna be pretty amazing so 
just in case you kind of heard that one, what it's going to be a really cool thing. I think it's going to be a game changer. Um, there will be a, uh, obviously not open to the public, but, uh, as luck would have it, we'll be there. Uh, thanks to some good connections. Um, and some very kind people. We'll be there Monday night for a VIP kind of a meet and greet and soft debut for the car. And that's not a joke going back to the earlier NASCAR thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah. As Viagra's Give not it one 20 of the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I swear this never happens. <laughs> Do I look flush? I feel kind of pale. Don't worry, it's not you. <laughs> Why is everything tinted blue in your house? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of I'm out of side effects. <laughs> what do you mean it's been five hours? <laughs> How do you explain that? What do you, you walk in, you're like, yes, sir. What, what seems to be the issue? Um, four hours of, you know. No, I called I everybody in my Rolodex. <laughs> I figured I might as well just come here now. Oh, we've seen your Instagram story. <laughs> it was short. But yeah, this this thing at the SEMA show, this will be pretty cool. And we'll we'll have a SEMA preview episode like a few weeks from now, because we're not gonna be those people and try to capitalize on it the whole time. Although what is it? <laughs> Hashtag SEMA crunch. <laughs> but, but it's 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 kind of a cool deal. Um I think it's really it's kind of a marketing game changer. We'll see, unless of course it flops, at which point I'll come back and I'll say, "We'll just re- we'll edit this." <laughs> oh, it's not gonna flop, dude. Are you kidding me? I think it's gonna be the talk of SEMA. Yeah, I hope so. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a cool deal. It's kind of nice to have somebody who just said, you know, do your thing. So uh, I, I can't say who it is right now, but uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate the uh, creative outlet. So, so this 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 wasn't the bacon wrap churro idea you had. This is different. It's not the, not that. Yeah, one? they didn't go for that. Uh, something mm. to do with some kind of an OSHA standard thing. <laughs> They're like that just has bad idea, and there was cultural appropriation <laughs> things going on. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> the whole yeah. building smelled like burnt. <laughs> yeah, there's some folks that might be offended by those. <laughs> Apparently, the <laughs> the pumpkin spice latte flavored. Churro wrapped in bacon is <laughs> very traditional in some cultures. Yeah. Uh, we, could cover that with you know like one of the powdered Viagra. It'll be awesome. Let's keep this whole thing tied together. But oh, uh, yeah, so speaking of um, projects and whatnot, uh, you uh, Alex, you just released. Well, you started your whole series on the buildup mm-hmm. of your Chevy over on the website. Yep. Yep. 64. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a project I've had for a little while. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of photographs, a lot of pictures, a lot of stuff. And I figured it'd be a pretty good opportunity to kind of explain a little bit about how it came together, uh, what I started with and what I had in mind. And, and right from the beginning, I kind of had a, a, uh, an idea in mind of trying to put something together that, rode well, sat nice, and just didn't have a lot of money tied up in it. Uh, today, we see a lot of stuff out there, and there are some phenomenal aftermarket pro- uh, products out there. 
but they are pretty expensive and they're not for every budget. Uh, but I like them, I, but, uh, they just, it won't work for me just because of what I have to spend. Normally for me, hot rod projects, things like that. Um, they are the last to get money. Uh, usually you've got to pay bills and everything else that occurs and things that break that need to get fixed, you know, and the, and the cars are the last ones to get money. And so I figured with this, you know, I just try to be pretty crafty, start really taking a look through wrecking yards and Craigslist and, uh, you know, trade parts with your friends and things like that. Try to make it fun. Um, to me, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would enjoy a build where I would just open up a catalog and just start ordering parts. I like stuff that requires a little bit of work to put together. Uh, maybe, you know, something that you found that you've modified to make it work, but it looks really, really nice and slick when you're done. <clears throat> um, it was kind of the idea that rat rods had at the beginning and it really, really went off course when everybody tried to out rat each other. Uh, right. it's unfortunate, uh, because it was a pretty neat concept at the beginning. Uh, you, you, you kind of use what you have and, uh, and I, 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 I still think that, uh, there's hope for projects like that. And I, th I still think there's a lot of folks out there that like that kind of stuff. Um, you know, because, you know, we, like I said, we, we really, most of us don't have a real big budget to build things. And so, uh, so stuff like this is, is, uh, I like these kind of projects, uh, projects where you kind of, kind of use your head. Some of the best times I've ever had, and Brad can attest to this cause he and I've done it a bunch. I'm just kind of going to a wrecking yard and just kind of going there with an open mind. Uh, just look at stuff, you know, not really pinpointing on something in particular, just keeping an open mind looking to go, would that work on something I'm building? Or like there's times when we used to go gauge hunting and we would just go into all the back corners of the wrecking yard where all the motorhomes were at and we'd get the motor miner gauges and all the really slick cool stuff that nobody thought to look back there you know they're all looking at the late model stuff out the front well the cool stuff's kind of in the back yeah, so so you, did you ever find like a latrine gauge that you could modify as yeah, a boost gauge? yeah yeah it's, yeah yeah it's a, a vacuum slash boost gauge yeah and it's a, <laughs> You had to make sure you had the right seal on that toilet in order to get the correct boost number. <laughs> nice. Seal the top, not the bottom. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, the 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 sixty four project's been really fun. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of been fun for me to kind of go back and look at some of these pictures because it's been a little while. Um, and <laughs> I for, kind of forgot how really ratty that thing was when we when I got it. And then there was a story that's already been posted to the website now. I've already done two as 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 we're recording this podcast tonight. I've already done and posted two uh, episodes to the website. The first one is how I bought it and how I found it and and uh, the ashtray and there's uh, a bunch of stuff. You got to read it. It's it's pretty funny. The second one is the bees and the spiders. Um, <laughs> this thing probably had more black widows in one place than I've ever seen in my life. You know, sometimes you'll be out in your garage, out in your shed, whatever. You'll see a black widow in a corner. You'll see one. I'm not exaggerating. I, I want to thank you for bringing my least favorite spider dozens <laughs> of them to my house. I just want to thank you for that. I'd say <laughs> dozens might be an underestimation. <laughs> if you consider all the egg sacs that were up in there I... that just floating around. Oh, my God. I, this, I went out on, I went out on, you know, flame patrol when I put a lighter, a flashlight and a can of brake fluid. It was pretty much a regular thing about every three days. 
and killed Black Widows, and he did it for it a couple of months. And the crazy part about it is if you hit, like, the egg sack, and you think, oh, that thing's nuked, and the thing hit the ground, and these little tiny brown ones would come shooting out of there. It's like, man, they they were everywhere. And uh, the last episode that we just uh, posted up on the website, uh, I was really excited. We winched the truck up onto the trailer and really excited about it. And I'm not even thinking. I, I slide on my back up underneath the truck to start strapping the rear end down because we're, you know, ready to leave. And I slide up under there and I realize I am completely surrounded by black widows. I mean, I slid myself in there. This isn't an easy, easy position to just work your way back out because you'd have to just basically rock your shoulder blades and slide back out. And I slide in there and I'm looking up and there's a spider like eight inches above my head to one side. There's one that's a foot away from my ear on the other side and they're moving around. Oh. They're kind of wondering what's going on. So yeah, it was, um, it was, it was pretty crazy, but we got it home. And after we got it home, uh, didn't realize the gas tank on the left-hand side, on the, on the driver's side, it had saddle tanks on it. It was completely full of bees and they were pissed. <laughs> that, that bumpy ride all the way back over, man, it pissed them dudes off. When that truck stopped, we finally got it off the trailer, man. It was like, yeah, they were, they were angry and they were swarming all around the truck. I mean, where you didn't even want to get close. So, you know, Brad, He's another, you know, he, he had a really bad bee experience when he was a kid, so he'd rather stay away from bees if he had an option. And he got pretty crafty, and he figured out a way that uh, to knock most of them out. I mean, I hate to kill bees because bees are very, very important to our, you know, our ecosystem. But these guys, man, they, yeah, they, they were a problem. They were, we just couldn't get rid of them. We just couldn't get them out. You know, they had a pretty big hive inside. So, yeah. It was pretty crazy, but the next uh, uh, episodes that are coming are going to come up are going to get a little bit more uh, to where I'm starting to build it. Um, I kind of already had an idea of suspension stuff, what I wanted to do, and I kind of wanted to utilize a lot of the factory stuff that was out there, uh, you know, the factory Chevy truck suspension from later model truck, and just get real clever on how to make it work, how to make it work correctly, how to make it ride nice, how to get it low. Uh, those trucks have an issue with ground clearance when you get them down real low. Well, there was something that we did that uh, uh, really helped on the ground clearance section uh, uh, portion. But uh, then there was a lot of other stuff where I wanted to retrofit um, you know, some of the options that you could get back in 1964 into that truck. So um, got pretty clever and found out that GM was really good about um, – using a lot of the same pieces amongst a lot of the models, except for maybe the faceplate was slightly different or the font was slightly different. So with a little bit of uh, creativity, it built some pretty cool stuff for the dash and, uh, and I'll, I'll post all that stuff up too. So, uh, there's, there's some pretty cool stuff coming up and, and from what you're seeing in the pictures now versus what it's going to look like in about another two or three episodes into the website, or into the, into the podcast, uh, it, it makes a, a, a very, very uh, radical change in the way it looks. And so it's going to be, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit more fun to post that stuff up. In, in getting it, I, will, I won't give anything away because I'll let him tell the story, but uh, in getting it to sit the way the way it needed to sit, I, I pretty much, here's a guy, that, it's his truck, he had no say in the matter at all. It was going to happen regardless <laughs> because it was, it was at my house and he had to go to work every day. Well, me being self-employed, I took three days off. I just said, I'm not working these three days. I called my buddy Bob and said, 
I need your help on something. You want to do it? He goes, yes. Yeah. So he brought the trailer over, and there's Alex at work. He has no say in this matter. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a backstory that you had <laughs> cobbled together in case I came over and it wasn't there. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah. but, you know, you had no say in the matter. Because like, no. Alex like, I, I, I got to think about this. You can think all you want. We're starting on it Tuesday. Well, no, but I still want to think about it. Again, you can think all you want. I don't really care. So well, what was what was the overhauling style backstory you had concocted? Well, uh, he said, well, we're going to run it over to Bob's house, and Bob's going to fix a bunch of little metal stuff on it. Because it, it, it had some a bunch of uh, areas where the metal was torn, and I already had a couple of patch panels I'd gotten out of other trucks because I wanted vintage sheet metal. I didn't want... Um, um, a lot of uh, aftermarket pieces on it. So Bob's Mr. Metal Man. He goes, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll zap, I'll zap those pieces in for you, no problem. So, And I thought he was going to go over there and get a couple of little, little things done. And he was going to weld up the uh, bedsides where the filler doors were at. And, and he did. And he did all that sort of stuff. And then they did some other stuff, too. So, yeah. <laughs> some more, nice. some way more hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. And this particular mod, um, yeah, you could go out and you could buy some aftermarket stuff that would give you pretty similar results, but it wouldn't look factory. And the, the cool thing about this is after all this was done and all painted chassis black and everything else that was done all around it was done, it looks factory. I had some folks that have looked at this truck that know these trucks really, really well, and they never caught it. So oh, way cool. Yeah. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the effect I always wanted. I, you know, guys like, Scott Sullivan and other guys would put stuff together and they would do a lot of little things to it to where it's so subtle and it's so integrated and it's so almost factory looking that you look at the thing and you could look at it for 20 minutes and you're still not catching it all. And that's the, those are the cars I like. They're done that well. And so that's kind of the theme that I wanted to do. Well, the, the under underside of it and under the hood is all done very, very nicely the chassis all painted up really nicely the, and all the suspension and all the plumbing and everything's all done nicely underneath the hood as well. Firewalls painted uh, under the hood. Just, everything is done nice, but the outside will be a patina. And, and one of the, and there's the main reason why I wanted to do that is that the body was really beat up. I mean, it was really, really bad. It, it would take a lot of work to get that thing to a point to even put it in primer. And so, uh, it still had the original factory lacquer on it. And so I figured, well, I will just leave it. You know, sometimes, you know, the patina thing has kind of jumped the shark a little bit when guys started to fake the patina. There's guys that are really good at it, and there's guys that are not so good. But uh, this had the original stuff, and it's, you know, so we're just going to leave this alone for now, uh, and it'll eventually, it'll get sealed, it'll get cleared. But um, mo most, 90% of the dents have been pushed out, and some other things have been done too, so it doesn't look as bad as it did before. So, But it's still certainly not a straight truck by any means. But but on that token, if I were, if I'm sitting around and I lean against it, I'm not worried about it. If you know if I'm working on underneath the hood and and the you know the buckle of my pants you know rub against the uh, you know the fender, I'm not I'm not freaking out that I'm scratching the paint. You know if I throw something in the bed and it hits the inner fender, I'm not crushed. You know so nice. having a vehicle like that is kind of nice. It get, it puts you a little bit at ease. You know, some of the best vehicles I ever had were the ones that weren't the prettiest. You know, they were just the most, you know, they're like that old dog. He, he's he's not a purebred, but he's the best dog you've ever had, you know. So that's kind of the premise behind the whole thing. Um, so 
and, and this also kind of motivates me. I'm at this point right now where I'm getting in the final stages of it. And anybody that's ever put a vehicle together, the final stages are the hardest. Uh, the stages that I like the most are when you're roughing in the suspension and you've, and you get this thing down for the, you know, get the suspension lowered for the first time and you drop it off the jack and you stand around and look at it. Those are the most fun times. The difficult parts are the, are the final parts when you're, doing the final wiring and you're doing the final plumbing and you're doing all those little thing detail work that you have to maintain that quality on. If you've put that kind of effort into it from the beginning, you have to maintain it. A lot of times you can look at a vehicle and you could see it and you could see right where the guy lost interest or you could see right where the guy got in a hurry or you just, you could see right where he rushed it. And I just, I never wanted that. So you got, and, the little stuff at the end is, is pretty that's, tedious. That's the hardest part to stay focused on. I, I know you, you'll make your, you're going through your list. You get your two or three pages of list and you're going, yeah. I'm going to check this and this and this off. <laughs> By the time you get done with the day, you've added four more things to the that's list. Right. So yep. going, yep. okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I found, I found some stuff from dad's El Camino. I found, I found the list the other day. I don't even know why I still had that thing. And I had, you know, like 900,000 things that checked off and there was still like 12 left. And I was like, I yeah. pretty much said, screw this, I'm done. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, where do you stop? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I, the car's good. The car is actually awesome. You know, and it was just, it was just little detail things going, okay, this is ridiculous. I, I'm done. And, and you're right. You'll have this list and you think, man, I got everything laid out. And then you're, you're working on it and you're working on it for six straight hours. You've scratched off two things. You've added 10 more. Yeah. Because like, while you're doing that, you're thinking about stuff and it's like, sure. Oh, guy, I got to do this. I didn't sure. write that. I got to do it. And then you're looking at it. Crap. <laughs> I totally forgot about this. Yeah. So, yeah. And like <laughs> anything, when you're building a hot rod and, and you're uh, doing some custom stuff to it, you customize one part, you don't realize that everything that bolts to it, everything that's it's adjacent to it, everything that connects to it, it has to get modified too. So, you know, the restoration guys, sometimes they have it kind of easy. I can't say it's easy. They have it easier. Uh, they just paint detail and put the pieces together. Yeah. Or a hot rod it, guy is like, it, paint it, yeah, put it back on. Hot rod yeah. guy, depending on what level he's going for, it can be really, really tough. But I'm a real stickler about plumbing and uh you know, tubing and lines and wires and things like that. They have to be right. And, and I, and I might add, you've gotten really good at it from one back when yeah. I was messing on my stuff and I, I drug my, uh, my benders over that I will never see again. Those no, I got them. They're in, they're in good hands. I'll never <laughs> see them. They're, they're in good hands. I'll have to borrow them back cause I'll, I'll never actually own them again. <laughs> but Alex is like, I want to learn how to do this. It's like, well, okay here, you know? So he started bending stuff and, He's I, actually gotten really, he's gotten I've really good. I've done some in the past, but not to this level. Uh, and this was something that, um, it was fun. Uh, some people, they don't like wiring. They don't like plumbing. I kind of like it. Uh, it takes a long, a lot of time, but when you get it right, oh man, it's the effort is worth every bit of the time. I mean, the, the, the end effect is worth every bit of the time. So No doubt. And your, your attention to detail and you were talking about like, you know, the restoration guys and this kind of stuff. All I keep thinking about is the way you pay attention to detail. You're kind of the home builder version of like Ida and like the Tuckers, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks. Wow. That's, that's a great compliment. Right? Cause I, I, I really look for, I look up to those guys. Those guys do phenomenal stuff. I mean, well, that's, do. that's great. And, Thank you. And I mean that sincerely I and mean, your, your attention to detail on it and making things just right. And like I said, I mean, 
when you'd mentioned, you said, oh, they have it kind of easy. That was the first thing that popped into my head. And I didn't want to be Mr. Argumentative. I was going to go, well, what about those guys? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a different tuckers, world, I think. That's a different, yeah. That's a well, thing. restoring a car you can't buy parts for is not exactly. the same as, you know, yeah. restoring a Camaro or a Chevelle. You can buy anything yeah. for it. Right. It's not, right. not really much of a challenge to yeah. restore it. It's, yeah. You just buy the parts. And that that's the weird part. I mean, I think we're at the point in this industry, too, where if you think about that, we're almost at that crossover where some of these cars are no longer restoration projects. They've almost drifted into kit car territory. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. Nowadays, now that you can buy an entire body. Yeah, you're, you're right. It, it has become nearly kit car kind of stuff. You could effectively, you know, and if any of these guys would like to, you know, offer some promotional consideration. <laughs> but, I mean, you could buy like a Dynacorn body, put it on a Roadster Shop chassis. You know, get get a built motor, transmission, rear end, all this stuff. You could call Alex. He'll come over and he'll wire it and plumb it for you because he loves mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me three years and I'll, I'll do it. I'll have it done. <laughs> but you get to see if Brad will loan you the tools. And yeah. He, here he has them. <laughs> <laughs> what tools? <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, it's just that weird thing and. And you kind of sparked a thought in my head, too, where I started to think, all right, if you've got a guy out there like Rob Ida and his crew, you know, like, God, you got guys like Sean Tucker who are investing all the time to literally take blueprints and photos of parts that no longer exist, and they're manufacturing these things from scratch. That is so cool. That God, is so my cool. my mind, wow. man. Oh, so cool. And we've, we've, we've got, uh, Sean's going to be on the schedule here. We'll get him in here and we'll have a good talk kind of picking up mm-hmm. on where we left off with Rob. Mm-hmm. At some point we got to get Rob back and talk about stuff other than Tucker. So that's kind of a weird way to think about it. But, um, yeah, just that whole, I, I think that's a whole different world where if you find like a one of one car or a one of five car and you've got to rebuild things on this car, that's a whole level of craftsmanship. <laughs> Man, and speaking of that too, Brad, we're gonna have uh, Luke Delay on pretty soon. Yep, that's the plan. Speaking of a dude who builds things from scratch, that's what we need to do. Why don't we rebuild your truck, hmm. and we we just we do a completely new version, but build it the same exact way to look like the truck you have now. <laughs> be the ultimate challenge. So, on my truck, because my truck's got a lot of bondo, so he doesn't really have to make the panels nice. Because they're going to get filled up full of mud anyway. Right. If we do yours that way, and then for Alex's, we're going to need to bring in a beekeeper. And, like, I don't know if there's such a thing as a spider wrangler. Yeah. I know beekeepers, so that's an easy one. Yeah. Spider monkey. There you go. (laughs) It's kind of like a trunk monkey, but it's good for bees. Yeah. Some. (laughs) Jeez Louise. I'll say no, no. You have to move that spider. That spider was over there in the left wheel well. Yeah, yeah. a little bit higher, a little high, right there. Yeah. We'll have PETA down at your house, and you'll just have to explain through plausible deniability that you completely misunderstood. <laughs> it's a total misnomer. Spider monkey, <laughs> completely misleading. <laughs> so, like, as far as your builds go, prior to that truck, what was like? What was the first thing you ever put together? First thing I ever put together, uh, 1970 Volkswagen. Nice. Yeah, bought it when I was uh, I was in the Air Force, stationed in Georgia, 
And that was right when the cow look bug thing was really blown up in California. And here I am in Georgia and I bought this, I bought one of the coolest Volkswagens to start with and I hated the way it looked, but looking back on it now, I wish I'd never would have done anything to it. I found one that had, um, had a stock motor in it, but it was, it had fiberglass fenders all the way around flared fenders, like 15, eight slots in the back, sevens in the front boat metal flake. It was blue with big giant boat metal flake and it was panel painted uh, gold panels on it. And it, I hated it back then because of course it was completely out of style. But looking back on it now, I'm like, that thing was so freaking cool. And I put this big gnarly 2180 motor in it and made it completely undependable. I mean, when I had the 1600, I could drive that thing anywhere. And then I put the 2180 in it and it was quick for a Volkswagen. It was quick. But it, it ran warm, and it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. It kind of became one-dimensional. I sold that, and then I bought a uh, 69 Camaro. So Right on. That, that's yeah. another one. you got a, you got a story on the yeah. site about that, too. Yeah. He, bought a, he bought a kit car. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. My first kit car. Everybody else is envisioning yeah. like a coyote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that was another car that I always wanted as a kid. I remember oh. when this, when those things came out, you know, I'm like, man, I want those cars. I, my dad and I were cruising down the street and I remember we were going down Dixie highway, which is a big highway in, in Louisville, you know, Dixie highway goes all the way to Florida. And, uh, we pull up to a stoplight and we pull right in behind a 69 Z 28 and fathom green with the factory VV cook Chevrolet, uh, paper plates on it and it's rattling our windows and i'm like that is the bitchinest car i've ever seen and if since then i've always wanted one and that was my favorite color you know the green i just love that green yeah so yeah that, that car yeah i always wanted a 69 and i still do now i mean i sold that car years ago and i'd, I'd love to get another one i mean right now unfortunately you finding a, a 69 camaro for a bargain price is almost impossible Oh, but still, the I think the Camaro you have now, it just has yeah. a, a little bit more cool factor. You know, that was a car, the Camaro that I got. I, I, I sold my 69 Camaro when I was, um, I just had gotten orders out here to California, and I sold the car because it was having an issue with the harmonic balancer. The end of the crank had an issue, and the harmonic balancer would jiggle a little bit, and uh, it, was, it would move timing around. It was getting weird, and so... I decided to sell the car and I came out here with the money that I had. I thought I'd just go buy another 69 Camaro. And I looked around, found they were a little bit more than I wanted. And I wound up buying a really cool 67 Riviera. That was a, a one owner car. I had all the documentation on it from the time it was new. And I drove it around for a while. I really liked the car. Well, I had a roommate at the time. He was a second gen Camaro guy. And he had a 71 rally sport that he had had uh, for about four years. And he actually took this car to Germany with him when he was stationed in Germany. So this car had been blazing down the Autobahn. And uh, he had his eyes on another second-gen Camaro, a 70 uh, SS396 car. And so he asked me if I was interested in the 71. And I'm like, eh, not really. I mean, it's like this. I like the second-gen cars, but I'm a first-gen guy. And so he shot me a price on it that was almost too good to pass up and I bought the car. And so whenever I buy any car, I always start a book on them and so I start keeping receipts in them and, and just start to document, you know, uh, all the information that I can on the car in case something ever happens to the car. I've got a book and I start writing down the VIN number and it had the lowest VIN number I've ever seen on a vehicle. 
I mean, it, it ends in 00003. It's the third car off the line in 1971. So that's pure luck. The first luck. It could be the, it could be the first first street driven one. It, It might be. See, and what's so odd about that is that I've contacted GM and maybe I just haven't gone to the right part of GM. I've, I've, I've hit up the historical guys and I've hit up some other folks to try to get some information because at that time there were parallel assembly lines. You had the Norwood, Ohio line and you had the Van Nuys line and the, the, the Van Nuys and the Norwood cars are different in the VIN numbers because Van Nuys are the L cars, Norwoods are the N cars. And it's, there's a code in there that, that tells you the plant that it's made. So I don't know how they dovetailed in as which is the first rally sport off the line. Did it come out of Norwood? Did it come out of Van Nuys? I don't know. Uh, and I wish I could find out. Unfortunately, a lot of the information was all on Microfish. And when the micro, uh, when the excuse me, when the uh, Van Nuys plant closed in the early '90s, all that stuff got thrown away. So there really isn't anybody out there that can help me. I even tried to hit those guys up to see if maybe somebody had a picture of the assembly line on day one in nineteen, in the third week of August of 1970. Maybe my car would be in that picture, and we could find nothing. So, mm-hmm. but the car is numbers matching from front to back. Uh, there were a couple things. One, Gene owned the car. That had been changed, like anything else. The alternator had been changed, the starter had been changed, the water pump had been changed. So in that amount of time, I had been able to find date-coded water pumps that were within one or two days of the production date of the car, or, or nice. the assembly of the engine, Jeez. not the car, because the engine is earlier than the, than the car. So I've got all the pieces to put it together. I mean, this is a super, this would be a great restoration project, and it's kind of waiting in line to be done. Uh, I was just kind of waiting for the right time to do it. I didn't want to have it to where cars half torn apart and all of a sudden I'm into something else. This is one of those. When I start, it's going to be worked all the way to when it's done. And what's really unusual about this car is before I before I really understood the uh, the issue with the VIN and all that sort of stuff, I almost mini-tubbed this car. <laughs> I almost put a big block in it <laughs> and I almost mini-tubbed it. It was close because at that time I worked a second job. I was in the Air Force, but I also worked a second job at a chassis shop in Asperia, California, and they did a lot of stuff like that. And I thought, well, shoot, man, I'll just, you know, I'll mini-tub this thing. I'll make a bad little streetcar out of it. And it never happened. And fortunately for me, it never happened. So, Did you hear the collective sigh of relief across the world? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of cars that met their fate like that, you know. Yeah. There was a period when people didn't look at them like, the, like we look at them now, you know. Oh, yeah, you I think about how many cars have probably gone to the Crusher. I mean, like sure. I mean, super rare Yenkos sure. and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff. Jeez. Well, yeah, well, Brad and I know a guy that uh, bought a ZL1 Camaro in 1969 and yanked the motor out of it and put it in a boat. Oh, no, two of them. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a fun story. Two of them. One of the motor. He sold oh, both cars. Jeez. <laughs> the, the one motor is in his 34 that's. <laughs> tubbed and nasty and stupid and the other one's sitting on an engine stand in his garage i wow. kid you not this is absolute <laughs> six and the 69 cars made he defiled two of them <laughs> you know but back in 1969 nobody looked at them like they look at them now i mean no, by about 74 they were pretty much forgotten about yeah which, well, which is crunch. crazy yeah. to think about i mean do you think that's going to happen okay like today with like uh z06 corvettes which is funny, though, when you see stuff now, like I love going online, when you see somebody post a story, it's like, 
oh, hey, we just got this. We got it back up and running again. Oh, what are you building? We're building a 2015 Z, you know, Z06 Corvette. And you're going, wait, what? That's a restoration project? The car's three years old. Yeah. You don't have to think about how abused these cars get. But, man, I mean, do you think that, you know, hell, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, we'll be talking about, like, a, a Challenger Demon? I would say, um, yeah. Do, do you think? So yeah, I, I, I do. Brad's buddies I mean, will have the motor out of one of those in a boat. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pumping water out in the back pasture out there. Yeah. <laughs> Irrigation motor. It's at the oh, bottom but, of Lake uh, Mead. Yeah. Well, if you look at the direction of where the automotive industry is going with hybrids and electric cars are coming a little bit more common now, you know, the gas engine, it may, the end may be coming up. So there may be a period when a demon will be one of those cars people talk about. And they should, because it's a phenomenal car. Oh, indeed. I, d I just wonder, though, if it's going to go through that phase, though, kind of like, you know, we did, again, with, like, the Copo cars and things like that, oh. where they just got forgotten about. Right. That's That would be so weird. But then again, I mean, you're talking a you know, difference between, like, that ZL1 and, like, a modern a demon figure. The demons are what, a run of 3,000 cars versus mm -hmm. a run of 69 cars yeah yeah that's so weird to think can you imagine today going through and saying we're going to release these cars but there's going to be 69 of those dude that'd well, be did, so didn't badass. they do that well, when they did their track pack stuff oh yeah you but know, those, the, those the, weren't really street legal cars though. oh right, the drag right pack okay, cars were all just race only drag pack yeah body yeah. and white no van well, look at the GT40 or the the GT. They didn't make very many of those cars this last year. That was kind of a... That's true. That's really... Yeah. Those are the ones a you A very one-off car. I mean, yeah, they were throwing a fit if anybody resold that car. So Collector car right out of the box. Yes. Right they the didn't make many at all. So, you know, as far as that question, yeah, there's going to be cars that are definitely collectors collector mm -hmm. cars from nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, it's kind of funny, too. And then you go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, okay, let's tie in that whole kit car thing from earlier. Like, you take rare stuff. Now, there's other stuff that's just valuable because it's nostalgic. Like, mm -hmm. my God, how many, like, Myers Manx bodies did they crank out? Probably had to be, yeah. what, like, tens, maybe 100,000 well, of those? The actual Manx or copies of yeah. the actual Manx? yeah. It, yeah, that's true. probably yeah, because there was yeah, there was Manx, and then there was that whole like uh, who who's the guy that did that? Um, oh shoot, it was Bruce Myers. Yeah, yeah. The real Manx, there was not a lot of those made. That was that was definitely a small run compared to what everybody else did. Yeah, because because yeah, it was Myers who came up who took that and who right. designed that, right? Yeah, and then. Somebody else copied it, and I forget what the deal was, but he lost in court or whatever. And they just allowed somebody to just run with these things. So, yeah, like, what? Did I, I would guess probably conservatively 100,000 of these things out there. Oh, yeah. I wonder what the originals do. The originals are worth. I know in the dune buggy world, they are highly coveted. I mean, people look for certain aspects. And there's some things about them that even the clones, they were kind of cloning some of the Manx features. So some of those, you know, you got to get somebody that really knows what they're doing or what they're looking at to determine if it's a real Manx or not. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's that's on my top ten list. I, I would love to build one of those. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's some. There was some pretty cool stuff out there. I mean, dune buggy wise. I pulled into a gas station about six months ago, and I actually posted it up on Facebook. And the lady pulled up. And she had one. It was called a coyote, and a coyote was designed by Dean Jeffries. And it was kind of a neat dune buggy. And he did, you know, he was a cool dude anyway. He did some really neat stuff. And it was a pretty cool dune buggy. It had some pretty neat features. It wasn't a Manx, but it had that kind of stuff and kind of neat. Uh, it was unique. It was unique. Dude, that would be, I was going to make a really good Barris joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you could in there. Yeah, yeah. How about, how about we do a stretched we do a stretch, Manx, but we do it so it looks like the monkey mobile. Okay. We call it the monkey Manx. Ooh. Dude. The monkey Manx. SEMA 2019. Look for the round six monkey Manx. Dude, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Got to use, use, use Monster Mash, you know, for the music back, you know, for the music. <laughs> oh, dude. Why the that, monkey Manx. Do a remix. So, okay, let me say, just while, we're, while I'm thinking kit cars now, God, we talked about this a little bit earlier. If you could, if somebody could hand you a kit car, if you could choose one to build, I mean, going back to like all the weird stuff, like uh, like like the Bradley GT, which by the way would look really bitchin' mixed with a Manx. I'm trying to think this. I think that'd be super cool, dude. The supercar Manx. But, um... And like the coyote and stuff like that that we talked about. And if you could build one, what would you do? I mean, like obviously GT40s and stuff like that would be cool. You know? Yeah. You know, there were some kit cars that kind of came around back in the 60s that were really neat looking. Uh, The Kelmarks were pretty cool looking. Dude. What about what was, uh, come on. Um. God, it was almost good looking, but just needs work. Uh, the Sterling. Yeah, yeah, right. There was another car called the Jamaican, which was really cool looking, and they were. I think they were the Sterling and and, and the other one. I think the Jamaican. I think they were by the same uh, manufacturer. I think. I don't so know if it was Fiberfab. I want to see yeah, because the 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 Jamaican. I don't know what the Jamaican is. Yeah, it it kind of looked like a Sterling, a little bit less aggressive looking, but it was pretty cool looking. Well, there was there was a couple based like uh, like that Sterling one was a, there was one called the Nova. Don't remember right. that one. Uh, they had come on. Oh, it's the greatest name ever. Um, the Purvis Eureka. <laughs> Dude, I kid you not. I think I, I want to say New Zealand, maybe Australia. About what era was that? What what time frame God, was that? Seventies, seventies ish. I want to say like 74, 77. That had to have been the peak of that stuff, man. Early 70s, that stuff was just blowing up. Exactly. Because uh, they had that, that real wedgie, almost Mako Shark kind of style to them. What was the 917 one? Oh. Uh, um, Invader? No, no, no. And as soon as you say it, I actually wrote a letter to the company, and they sent me their little catalog thing of that car. I was like 12, I know the, I 11. Know the car, I was 11. I know the car, too. And I can't think of what it's called. It's gonna bug the crap out of me. No, it wasn't. No, what the hell was? Um, no, the one that that also looked like a McLaren. Um, the it Manta. Was real... The Manta. No. Was the Manta was one, but it was the it was the it was something. It was the nine seventeen looking. I, I know the car. It had the big top on the back, and 
Yeah. Oh, I can't think of what it's called now. Well, you know what I need to do then? Hang on. Let's go. Is this one of that's I said I got I got one of their four. The Manta was a good looking car. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, the Manta, Manta was kind of cool. The Manta almost looks like the Coyote from the front with those cool kind of upswept yeah. fenders and everything. Now, the Coyote that you're speaking of is the one that was like in Hardcastle McCormick, that car? Yes. That, so, was, a, that was a good looking kid car. It really was. It was a nice looking car. The Laser 917. Laser. Oh, damn. Now, okay, thank yeah. you beat me to it. Do the, uh... Beat you to it, man. <laughs> That's a. <sighs> I, I loved that, that car. Is... I was like a little kid, man. It's like, oh, that car is so cool looking. What's but weird then... about those, if you look at those cars, like remember being a kid and you go to like a county fair and they'd have that little ride that looked like a bunch of cars that were just like, you know, <laughs> stuck together like a bar going <laughs> right? to a center hub. Right. Yeah. They always had like one of those and like a car that looked like a Bradley. And mm-hmm. dude, that's a Mako that. shark looking car. Exactly. But, yeah. Matchbox yeah. always had weird looking cars like that. I remember, like, you'd go to the store and you'd be looking, you'd be like, Matchbox had these weird looking, obscure kit car looking things. And Hot Wheels just had badass looking, you know, hot rods and stuff like that. But as I've grown older, I've really come to appreciate the hell out of these things. And dude, dude, I'm looking at that. Oh my God, that car's so cool, dude. Well, see, I had I had that why why I liked that particular car is I had the poster from the from the movie Le Mans on my wall in my bedroom. Oh, Mm. right on. So I, you know, it's it's every day if you're going. (laughs) Which one did you have? Did you have the one looking from the uh, the pits looking down at the car? Because I had that one. I think that was the re-release. The the earlier one. Well, no, this was from the movie. I mean, this is yeah, but I mean, yeah, there were two. There's the John Wire posters from picture. that. Oh, yeah. I don't. I'd have to look at. I'd have to go online and look it up to find the poster because I, I think I was looking. I mean, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at the poster. I don't. I honestly don't know. Yeah, and that's a movie that, that'd be a fun movie to to do one of our commentaries over. I mean, hell, we could talk for the first twenty five minutes because there's like no dialogue. Yeah, right. I was gonna say that 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 movie's got a lot of. Really quiet, play, quiet spots in it. <laughs> it's like, what did the scriptwriter just sit? I'd love to look in on the writing room for that. <laughs> They're all asleep. I think <laughs> we're going to have him just drive, Ron. Yeah. yeah. Well, let the car be the star. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, so should we do it? Well, okay, we'll have to do two kit cars then. We, oh, we, I keep looking at this damn thing going, dude. You know, with today's technology and some things that you have available to you today, you could build a pretty cool kit car. If you, you know, it take you some money. But man, just think what you could do with like a Subaru WRX setup under it. Yeah, it wouldn't oh. have to be an air cooler anymore. No, be, I wouldn't do an air you, cooler. I'd you could make the chassis. I mean, water. You, you can make some seriously cool. You know, nice suspension, the whole deal. You can make something yeah. badass. That'd be a good talk for later. That's something, I mean, I, I feel kind of ignorant now. I mean, here we are talking about kit cars, and I, I haven't done any research. I, I haven't, I don't even know, is Kit Car Magazine still a thing? I don't, I don't know. know. Here we go. Yeah, we, that's... We've literally become the laziest podcast. Let me Google that while we're on the air. Well, you know, the, the magazines now, I mean, you go to the magazine rack, your old favorite favorite magazine rack it's a third of the size now and there's hardly anything there it's sad it's really sad <clears throat> okay Ooh. now i now i feel really dumb i just looked up that poster and uh and it this is that like, okay all. 
this is this is the one I had. Now it was a picture of Steve McQueen. This is Le Mans kind of vertically, and you're looking at the car, and it's like you're not not above the car. You're looking at the car, and he's putting his helmet on, and he's got his little you know handkerchief across his mouth and all that. Mm-hmm. I think that's There's, the one that's on the cover of the DVD. That was the poster I had. Well, that poster right there, the original, it was an original poster. Um, there's one for sale right now in perfect condition on eBay. Here it comes, thirty-two hundred bucks, right? Four hundred eighty-nine dollars. Wow. Still close enough where you go. I had that poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, dude, you could have sold that and bought yourself a mint condition Bradley GT. Could have. It could have. Well, since I'm on eBay, I'm going to look up, you know, Laser 917. I'm already here, so let's... Well, it looks like Kit Car Magazine, they have a website. Because they had some kit cars out there. Because I kind of went through that phase about 10 years ago. I was like, man, I wanted to build... Chuck Beck builds these cars, and I think it's a Lister that he's doing. Oh, it's kind Lister's of, a cool car. Oh, those and are it's cool a cars. beautiful kid car. I mean, his V8 front front engine, V8. I mean, it's a it's a bad unit. Dude, yeah. very cool. I almost made. I think, I think it was joke. Chuck Beck. I think it was Chuck Beck. Yeah. What if we did one? What if we do a Lister but Liberace themed, like all bedazzled? A Lisper. I call it the Lisper. I'm glad you said it first. <laughs> Lisper. <laughs> and the, the interior would be like all angel hair, like white angel hair, but sports car with all white angel hair. <laughs> oh, I can't think of it. Come on. What is what is that? Uh, oh, shoot. There's a restaurant and hotel. Um, the Pepper Mill. You make it look like uh-huh. a Pepper Mill in Vegas. Yeah, mirrors tucked in. Maybe in the center console, do some like pet grass. Yeah, have some champagne glasses in there. (laughs) (laughs) A steering wheel. What would you do for a steering wheel? A car like that, a Lisper. Oh, see, that's a that's a tough gig. Gotta be. So this is a Liberty White with a bunch of bunch of black rectangles on it. That's what I'm. What if we just what if we do a take off an old Roth car and just do a steering stick? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Now we're going now we're getting places. Oh, this like, also get us some hate mail. Diamond um, encrusted stick. <laughs> <laughs> I think you wiped out Brian on that one. <laughs> 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 Why is it all bumpy? No reason. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> so of the takeaways from this, okay, we know what not to build, but we are totally yeah. building. Oh, what do we just about the the monkey manx, the manx mobile, the whatever the hell yep. we're gonna call it? Yep, yep, monkey manx. I'm gonna render that sucker when I get time. You do like the old touring tee top on it and everything? Oh, heck yes, we are. Do that. For that, for that year, we're all going to get matching gold LeMay jackets. Cool. Okay. We're going to pronounce it lame, though. <laughs> we're wearing gold lame jackets. Gold lame. <laughs> we, we got them at Versace. Versace. <laughs> <laughs> And if, oh, the worst part is we've been so intelligent the past few episodes. It's over. 
what it's devolved to. <laughs> so People are going to look forward to it. Like, Do you guys have a guest this week? We'll be, yes, I'll be, uh-huh. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's going really well. Alex was talking about plumbing things, and then it went into a steering stick that's bumping. Yeah, a diamond-encrusted steering stick. <laughs> steering stick. I love it. I love sitting in the middle. <laughs> what? I'll sit on the hump. <laughs> yeah, we need to do one of these when we actually drink. Um. <laughs> that all said, oh boy. So, um, yeah, so real quick, uh, while we're on this subject, talking about the things we'd like to build, we're, we're throwing out the, geez, Louise, yeah, we don't need a drink. We were throwing around the idea of starting a new game on the podcast, uh, kind of between us. And I, I tell you, I think it's smarter if we expand this maybe to our guests too. I think this would be kind of a fun deal. We're going to do a Craigslist based game. And have we decided on the name yet i mean we have uh let's see in our great list we have craig's lust craig's rust <laughs> craig's risk craig's we, risk. we could even do <laughs> craig's wrist craig's wrist sounds like something you get from using the steering stick too often to parallel park <laughs> that and blisters <laughs> Sorry. Just toss Great. that idea around. Swirling <laughs> hand. Uh, a carpal tunnel. Um, <laughs> never seen a steering stick get lift and release. Lift and release. <laughs> oh, shoot. All anyway. right, so the game. Yeah, Craig's back listening. to the... Well, that game. Um... Yeah, so the the gist of it being, uh, we're gonna what? We're gonna pick out a genre for a car to build, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna choose a city at random. So this way, there's no ringers, and we'll give each other a fictitious because obviously you listen to this podcast. <laughs> there's no operating capital or budget here. Um, we'll give ourselves a fictional budget of what ten grand. All in for ten. Yep. Nice. And, uh, oh, you know what we should do? Now, how are we going to, should we just build these fictional and have people vote on them? Yeah. What's the best? I mean, because the point is, we're going to try to build these one after the next. Like, one is going to lead to something, and then, you know, you'd sell it. We've got to find something comparable online to sell it for that price and move on to the next one. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you might get bonus points for building, you know, like some weird, again, like a Morris Minor pickup truck. Mm-hmm. But what's the market out there for that thing? You know, so you got you got to kind of think that way too. This this will be an exciting little game, and I think um, you know if there's anyone out there still listening to this, if you go on our website, leave, leave us a comment. We'll figure out you know what you do. Let let's start. You know, we'll try to make this game work. I think this would be fun live. We could we could try to combine this with uh, Go Trash. Mm. Ooh, another, another classic. Which we do need, we need to do an all, you know, instead of the other idea for the SEMA show, 
why don't we combine the two? We started off with part one, you know, as we're talking after hours at SEMA, and just let that devolve into a hand of go trash. <laughs> Nothing would be all-star go, all-star go trash. <laughs> all-star. Ugh. I wonder if we could get like an ex-game show host around to kind of host that one. How awesome would that be? Louis Anderson hosts. Wink Martindale. (laughs) (laughs) Winner of the show gets, dude, a cubic zirconium encrusted steering stick. Steering stick. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That get your be... name engraved on the shaft each year. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perpetual steering stick trophy. <laughs> we'll develop a special handoff. It doesn't even have a name on it. It just gets a notch. <laughs> yeah. You have to make your own notch on it. This would be great. <laughs> Depth indicator. <laughs> Every year we have a ceremony, like a ceremonial baton. The steering shaft is handed from champion to champion. This looks like the dowel that used to be in my closet (laughs) with zirconias. Somebody dipped it in glitter. Yeah. So I won't say anything about the chocolate diamond. Now I know what I need to do this week. I need. (laughs) (laughs) Diet. I need to go online and get on Fiverr, and we need to find a Howard Cosell impersonator (laughs) to narrate this thing. Uh, That'd be uh, awesome. It'd be awesome. Chocolate diamond. <laughs> well, they they advertise those things on TV, and I'm like, oh, really? Well, now I know. That's not even trying at this point. Remember what it used to be like in the old days? Is cut clarity, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. The five C's. Like, yeah, now this, the sixty is chocolate. This, <laughs> this piece of junk that looks like a snow booger from behind the rear wheel opening on a '79. <laughs> <laughs> Snow booger, no doubt. Exactly what it looks like. It's a, a chocolate diamond, really. Clearly sure it is. Booger. Speaking of wink, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, pass. Hey, speaking of pass, that works too. Somebody passed this. Um, <laughs> holy moly! Oh, this went delightfully sideways, gentlemen. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're gonna. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> I'm going to stick a fork in this one. I think it's done, man. I think it was a good one. Yeah, done. Well, awesome. Hey, if if you stuck with us, thank you. Dude, thanks for for talking about your truck, man. uh, Yes, that was great. Yeah, it's it's, it's a project that needs needs to get on the road, needs to get done. So... We've been talking about getting you to talk about. Well, that's weird. This all went. This went all inception. We were talking about you to talk about your talk about talking on. Nice. So yeah, well, we finally got that out there. So go online, check that out. uh, Round six pod dot com. 
you can't miss it. It's right on the front page underneath the most recent podcast episodes. You can find the blogs and there's tons of cool stuff in there. Um, the guys have been writing all kinds of neat stuff. I've been kind of lax in that because I've been editing um, things like this. Encrusted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which may or may not make the final cut. That's what we should have. Here we go. Let's open this up. I'm going to... I'm going to try to Photoshop together a quick monkey manx and uh, let's leave it to any of you guys. If you're kind of skilled or even better, if you're completely unskilled in Photoshop, oh, yes, whip some together. Let's have some fun with this sucker and we'll, we'll post some of the good ones over on, um, obviously on the website and we'll do those on Instagram and Facebook and wherever the hell else we are at this point. But uh, yeah, um, hell, while we're self-promoting too, check out our YouTube channel. And they can link yeah. to that right from the website. Um, it's uh, We've got all kinds of cool stuff up there. We've got video versions of the podcasts. Uh, I've got some shop tours that Brad's been putting together. And we have a really cool series of Chip Foose telling some <laughs> of pretty interesting stories, to say the least. Yeah. They're, they're really awesome. badass. They're well worth They're watching. awesome. Yeah. It's a side of Chip you've never seen. Indeed. And, and not once does he mention a chocolate diamond encrusted steering seat. No, nope. <laughs> no. Nope. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. Episode 20, whatever. It'll be Choc <laughs> chocolate Choc diamond encrusted Choc steering, steering stick. Oh. If that doesn't. Okay, oh, we need all of our listeners, everyone out there in Hot Rod Land, make <laughs> that the number one trending hashtag moving into the summer <laughs> show. <laughs> I will do everything in my power to have a mock-up made of that and placed in the new product area. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, and don't man. tell Tim. <laughs> Tim Strange. <laughs> Tim's going around checking it out. Yes, we are. <laughs> Uh, that'd be awesome, dude. Just our lucky we win in a most innovative new product or something. Yep. yep. Oh my best god! Best use of award. best use of chocolate diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> I so badly want to see that in the new product review section of Street Router. <laughs> Flipping through, you're like, all right, Vintage Air has some new stuff out. Oh, cool, they got this. They got what the hell is that? <laughs> what is? That? Done. <laughs> Why is it displayed on a bed of stripper cards from the last <laughs> Oh, those wacky round six guys. Yeah. Not a word. I <laughs> wacky. I don't think I want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, let's 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 put a knife in this sucker. Mm. I uh wow. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's been something. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I hope this one goes up right before Christmas. <laughs> um, okie doke. With that all said, though, um, yeah, somehow out of this whole mess, uh, yeah, I'm still Brian. I am definitely still Brad. 
And I am Alex. I would say you're a fundamentally changed Alex. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm damaged. Damaged, damaged Alex. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, hey, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right. Hey. Later. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to keep up with us gearheads over on our website at www.round6pod.com. And if you'd like to, we invite you to follow along with us over on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to check out all of our latest videos on youtube.com. <laughs> we made a shit sandwich out of some shit. <laughs> <laughs>